Hello and welcome to Inside Stories from the MPA. I'm Cindy Simmons and this is the podcast of Manchester's Publicity Association. It's where you'll hear the latest insights and experience from other industry leaders in the city. I'll also bring you up to date on future MPA events. In this episode, you're going to hear about what's in store for our industry in 2024. What do you think is going to be happening when it comes to things like budgets, people, working patterns and more? I'm joined today by psychologist and workplace wellbeing consultant Lee Chambers and Rich Dold is the managing director of McCann Manchester. You'll hear from them in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about some upcoming MPA events. So on the 23rd of January, it's a not-to-be-missed event. The MPA Big Debate is back with a bang, featuring none other than Lee himself and some other fantastic speakers. It's going to be an insight into midlife women and the challenges they face in their careers. Really looking forward to this one, so make sure you sign up today, 23rd of January, at the Chamber of Commerce in Manchester. We're also going to be celebrating the Year of the Dragon for the forthcoming Chinese New Year on the 2nd of February, which is completely sold out, full to the brim. And then finally, we're also in planning for an event in March, something a bit special. We want to try and get some members together, invite some key people along, just to kind of update people what we're doing in, in terms of our planning for 2024 as an organisation. So watch out for that invite coming through your inbox. So time now for you to hear from my guest for this episode. Rich Dald is the Managing Director of McCann Manchester, and psychologist and workplace wellbeing consultant Lee Chambers. Hi, guys. Hey, Cindy. Yeah, good to be with you. Exactly. Nice start to the new year. But we thought we'd just kick off the year with looking at trends, what's happening, how our workplaces can help evolve and work with their people. So starting off with uh, yourself, Richard, what's your experience of this and how does McCann get the most out of their people? Is it something that's formulated into your plans for 2024? I mean, absolutely. As a business, or well, actually, as a, as a network, so not just our agency in Manchester, we're striving constantly to create an environment that allows people to bring, you know, bring their true selves to work. And I guess we do that through a number of different ways: listening to our employees, understanding what their needs are, empowering them, and you know, making sure we're communicating all, all the time with them. And I think as as leaders. Certainly, you know, going through COVID, going through lockdown and, and actually going through what are quite challenging times, we need to be better in touch with the needs of people without doubt. Um, you know, Manchester, McCann Manchester, we strive to get feedback constantly from our employees, be that through, you know, staff surveys or speak up. For example, you know, we have a commitment from our CEO where you can drop an anonymous speak up note and he will... Uh, stand up every month and he will talk through those questions and he will do his best to answer those questions. So I think communicating and listening to our employees is critical. That's really good. I mean, when we had the last episode with Sue Benson, we touched on the whole kind of working practice um, and still we are here moving into 2024. How are people responding to sort of working practices? I mean, do we still see that as an issue we're going to still address in 2024 in terms of how people actually physically want to work or is it something that we're going to have to embrace and work with people more so and that's probably falls quite nicely to your um, situation Lee, in terms of how you see a lot of people working homework uh, office-based what they need what they don't need how have you sort of seen that trend emerging do you think yeah I'd definitely say it's a trend that 
that's continuing to form. I think that if you take a step back and look at a variety of different industries, there isn't an organization that's found the, you know, the epiphany to hybrid working yet. It's still working things out. And I suppose it's an interesting place where you kind of align business need alongside expectation, alongside employee desires. And, you know, there's there's differences of opinion. If we think about the kind of the speed of digital adoption and the continued uh, move towards generative AI, machine learning, that's presenting new skill sets which can be delivered digitally, but how are people collaborating effectively with those tools? A massive aspect around it is trust. Because obviously it most people understand that businesses can't be the most flexible thing in the world because they're systemized, they're structured, and they've been built in different times. But it's how that message is conveyed quite often that makes a difference. And, you know, if you are mandated back to the workplace, it's not necessarily that you're being told to come back. It feels like it's being inferred that you're not trusted to do it remotely. So there's lots of different aspects. And I suppose if we look at, you know, going into the new year, there is that continued digital upramp that we're kind of seeing across so many different industries that's changing practices hybrid working, you know, remote working, and for some organizations, back to the office full time, uh, but still going to learn a lot from seeing what's happening. And I suppose the other things that are kind of on the horizon from my perspective are the continued challenges around talent attraction and retention and certain organizations finding a real rhythm with that while others really, really struggling. Absolutely. Uh, Management capability, capacity and competency. Uh, and everything that surrounds ESG, such as well-being, inclusion, and sustainability, will just continue to be sat there, uh, influencing the way that we work as well. So, Richard, running a running the business you run, how are you finding those things resonating with with you guys at McCann's? Yeah, I just I was just going to jump in on actually on, on what Lee said about creating that culture of trust, which is really important. I mean, I I remember back in the day when. You know, the presenteeism was a real thing. And, uh, you know, thank goodness those days are gone. I work in a creative industry and our, our best ideas, our best work comes about when we come together, ha- however that is. And I think hopefully, you know, everyone agrees that actually, you know, hybrid working or flexible working is here to stay and there are huge, huge benefits. But you have to work hard to maintain that culture and for people to realize and see those benefits. So, you know, at McCann, we invest a lot of time in putting events on, bringing guest speakers into the agency, L&D, and initiatives like that, cultural events and celebrating things like that, to add value to being in the office over and above just doing your job. And I think part of that is also, like Lee said, that first point about creating that trusting environment, so empowering our leaders, our department heads, our team heads, to create that culture of trust uh, within the team so that that flexible working thing can benefit both employees and the business as well. Exactly. I think that is um, it's a really, really hot topic, company culture. I think it's something that will, as you said, Lee, be even more relevant and more prominent within people's idea of where and how they want to work because obviously – I'd imagine company culture, when you're actually looking at a business to join, I'd imagine that's probably top of your list in terms of what their culture is, because culturally, if they 
if the business doesn't fit with you or you don't like their culture, then it's somewhere you don't want to work. And, and I think it's it's good from a person who's looking to get into a new role that they have that in their mind that the, the culture is absolutely important. It's no longer about just the pay or just this or just that or gym membership. It's about other broader things that are actually going to help them from a, a motivational point of view. And just moving on to that, what do you think businesses will need to do to do even more to maintain staff motivation? Because you've obviously gone through quite a few initiatives there, Richard, but are we going to have to even step further beyond that? I mean, I could just jump in from our our own personal experience. I think think the obvious one is financial well-being. Um, You know, inflation may have slowed, but the cost of living crisis isn't going away. You know, so businesses, I think, are going to need to continue to consider how they can support employees in the broadest of senses. So that could be anything, you know, from personal finance coaching and things like that, and then their, their access to resources. And and I guess linked to that, certainly from the work that we're doing at McCann, is we're moving more towards creating more tailored benefits programs for our, for our people. So understanding their needs more and packaging and creating benefits that are more relevant, more easily accessible for them. Interesting. What about your thoughts, Lee? Anything you kind of working on in terms of future planning? Yeah, I can definitely amplify what Richard says around expectations, around personalization. Obviously, we, we look to do that, you know, from an industry perspective for the customer and client experience. Uh, but the employee experience also needs to be personalized because our employees are people who live in a world where the internet traps them so effectively, it can work out exactly what they want to purchase next and put it in front of them and provide them with a perfect uh, suggestion for what to watch next based on what they've already previously watched on their favorite subscribing service. So we do live in a heavily tailored world and that's created a level of expectation in the employees that there's also personalization in how they work, the benefits of working and the culture that they work in. And for me, a massive part of that There is an ability to look holistically at systems and how they can be personalized. But obviously, you know, organizations bring together usually the most diverse group of people you will be with, usually more diverse than your family and your friendship group. So the needs can be so expansive. And that's where, for me, I think one of the big trends of this year is is around management because managers are the ones who can personalize the, the experience for employees. They get to know the people. They get to know what makes them tick. They get to know what they like and what they don't. And they get to be the people who are quite often that first point of contact for support should someone need it or for a little bit of appreciation when someone's done something that's great. And they play such a pivotal role in amplifying, you know, the culture and the climate in an organisation. But, you know, 82% of managers in this country have had no management training whatsoever. In terms of taking those points you've just both been making, how do we make sure managers are equipped in terms of, A, identifying potentially what people's needs are in terms of you know, that sort of personalised programme of wraparound support and care? Do businesses therefore need to invest in training to help those people identify how best they can manage their people? Does this mean it's not it's straightforward management doesn't exist any longer, I don't think? It's more about care and attention and do we have to train people is it something we should be looking at as, a, as an organization the mpa helping to train people to manage people better 
Yeah, so I think there's there's numerous strands to that, Cindy. I mean, management training does have a place uh, and an ability to understand uh, how to manage a team effectively is quite powerful. Obviously, the skills around that are where the value comes, being able to effectively have those coaching conversations with your employees, be able to kind of actively listen to them, to have that bit of self-awareness about how your actions as a manager impact other people. There's also a slight part of that that falls onto a business's structure as well to look at processes and efficiencies to ensure that managers actually have the time to do it. Because, you know, if we look at, for a lot of the organisations that I get the chance to work with, you know, managers are quite often the the most heavily resourced people in the organisation. Yeah. Uh, and therefore don't always have the capacity to be able to actually take that time and step out. You can't make someone suddenly incredibly compassionate and caring if that's not who they are but fundamentally 99.9 percent of humans are quite good people and you know if we can give them the space to build those skill sets and actually think about how we support those processes uh you know it gives it gives a chance for managers to also be part of embedding that culture within an organization because you know what i often see is that there's great initiatives from leadership there's buy-in, there's desire for change. But if everyone's not on board in the middle, it becomes a barrier and doesn't get to the employees in the way that it could do and can feel quite incongruent when that happens. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think just, just to build on what, what Lee said, I think there's also a bottom-up as well, which is giving employees an opportunity to have a voice within the business. Um, so creating forums, you know, like our DE&I council at, at, at McCann that give employees a voice. So I think it is absolutely about listening and it is absolutely about, you know, the role that managers and department heads play. But I think having a platform as well for people to be able to feedback feel they can and they're being heard is critical. That's really interesting. Some fantastic insights there. So the year ahead then in terms of looking at business and who knows? We haven't got a crystal ball. It was interesting listening to um, Sky News yesterday. They were talking about you know the economy potentially. I mean, there was a, the highest number of mortgage applications made on Boxing Day and houses going on going on the market. Some crazy statistics being thrown around, and some of the retailers doing well, some of the retailers not doing so well. In terms, of, I know you can't predict, but in terms of what you see coming for twenty twenty four, start with Richard. Do you see any? evidence just what potentially might be happening in 2024 clients and budgets particularly well I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said you can't predict because no. I, I so wish i had a crystal ball i'd be, I'd be a really wealthy man wouldn't i <laughs> but I, let, let, let's be honest 2023 was um, i'm gonna i'm gonna quote a certain politician from a couple of days back was a tricky year and i, and I think i can say with confidence that probably 2024 is going to be a tricky year. I think I can also say with relative confidence there's going to be more uncertainty, uh, be that from you know a UK or a global stage. So I, I think one of the key things is going to be resilience and how businesses and employees as well actually um, maintain agility and prepare for the unknown is just going to be important. And I think just on the back of that, just being kinder to ourselves as well. I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but I just think that there's a lot of anxiety already in the world, right? And pressure on, on people. So I think actually, you know, putting even more pressure on yourselves, we don't need that really. So I think going into 2024, just in general, being more kind to ourselves. 
you also asked about budgets, didn't you? And, I, and that's a real tricky one. I'm sort of going to dodge it a little bit and just talk about, I think the key is going to be effectiveness, even more so. So being able to demonstrate effectiveness um, of, what you know, from an agency's perspective, working with your client partners to demonstrate marketing effectiveness of their, you know, their marketing investment is going to be even more critical than ever. Regardless of whether budgets are going or increasing or decreasing, I think that is going to be, has to be a big focus. That's an interesting point, yeah. And Lee, what are you kind of seeing? I mean, again, not being able to cut a crystal ball gaze, but, you know, what is 2024 going to um, open up for us, you think? Yeah, well, I think there probably is one thing we can guarantee, and that's the continued volatility and complexity of the world that we live in. I don't think permacrisis was year of the word of the year a few years back without reason. The world continues to be one thing to another in terms of challenges. I suppose what we probably will see this year is those companies that have been actively resourceful, proactive, and created some level of simplicity and not just cut the bottom out of everything through these challenging times that will almost kind of start the year on the front foot because they continue to push things forward and develop things even in the pretty harsh economic wins that there were in many industries last year. If I think going forward for this year, again, you know, as Richard's saying, that kind of metric aspect around being able, being able to simplify the data so that people can see that return and value on investment really clearly, it just, you know, it makes the budget conversation much easier and also it creates a continuation of a relationship because the more friction there is in a relationship, when times are tough, it just creates more resistance. So I think for those that have really kind of continued to work with the people, because the truth is, you know, if you do and are very mindful of how you operate in certain, from a people and process perspective, the costs relating to actually losing people are massive. Like they really are kind of unseen and pretty costly, uh, pretty costly challenges when you have to replace the talent that you've lost. So for me, you know, this year it's the pandemic feels like it's a long time ago, but there's still lingering aspects of that that will be with us for the next few years, even though we don't talk about it in the same way. But a lot of people also see this year as like a new slate. Uh, everyone was talking about AI last year. What will everyone be talking about this year? Uh, who knows we yet to see. Uh, but what I do know is that, you know, if you're in business, you'd never prepare for an easy ride. It truly is like a roller coaster. And yeah, uh, if there's going to be something over this year, it's going to continue to be uncertain. Uh, but it's in that uncertainty that challenge becomes opportunity. So it's about making sure you've got your head up uh, even when the days are dark. Absolutely. Very insightful that. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Richard. It would be great to all have a crystal ball, which we don't uh, and we can't. But I think there's a really insightful areas that you've covered off for us. I'll see you on the 23rd of January for our big debate and Lee will be there and I think you'll be there as well, Richard, hopefully, so you'll get to meet <laughs> properly. So thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. A pleasure, Cindy. So that's it for this episode of Inside Stories from the MPA. Thanks for listening. You'll hear from us again in about a month's time. This podcast was produced by Purcell Podcasts. You want to build a community around your business or your brand, then do get in touch with the team at purcellpodcasts.com. 
please remember to rate and review Inside Stories from the MPA, because that means more people get to find out about us. And if you know people who aren't in the MPA but might be interested in joining, then do share this podcast with them too. See you next time. Bye.